That's some really relaxing music we got going for you guys on a Saturday evening here in San Francisco. Uh, This is DJ Aisha, and this is another edition of Sounds from the Street. And I just want to let you guys know uh, that Crystal um, will no longer be hosting the show with me, unfortunately, after seven plus years. um, It's uh, the end of her tenure here at Mutiny Radio. She's moved on to bigger and better things. So if you guys know anyone that might be interested in hosting a podcast, please get in touch through our Facebook page. Uh, That's uh, facebook.com slash sounds from the street. Or you can send me an email at aishaspearman at gmail.com. We're always looking for interns or people who um, are interested in learning more about radio and what podcasting is about. Um, I'm always learning new things as well. So, yeah, anyways, um, just letting you know our guest for tonight is Busy Lighthouse. They'll be here a little bit later to tell us about uh, some of their upcoming projects. And uh, we have a little bit of news for you as well. Um, as always, we love to read from uh, enemy.com, and you can normally find these stories on their website. So, the story is about Christopher Nolan, uh, who has a new movie coming out. Uh, Christopher Nolan has confirmed that his latest film will hit cinemas next year. The Oscar-nominated director will follow up Dunkirk with the latest project. Dunkirk was amazing. If you haven't seen it, definitely recommended, which is confirmed to arrive on July 17th, 2020. Although little details are known at present, The Hollywood Reporter claims that Nolan's latest will be an event film and it'll debut in IMAX. Nice! It comes after Dunkirk debuted to huge acclaim in 2017, bagging Nolan his first Academy Award nomination for Best Director. The new project could also see Nolan getting increasingly experimental after he previously admitted that he considered filming Dunkirk without a script. Okay, he's getting a little uh, reality show on us, which I don't mind. (laughs) Quote unquote reality show. In an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, Nolan says he got to a point where I understood the scope and the movement and the history of what I wanted to film to address because it's very simple geography. I said, I don't want a script because I just want to show it. It's almost like I want to just stage it and film it. He added that he felt like I'd kind of mastered that form of scripted drama. And then he gave the film a five-star review on release, which read, as with Nolan's previous classics, 2008's The Dark Knight, and 2010's Inception, excuse me, both uh, fantastic films in their own right. This is a thrill-packed, nail-biting watch. Dialogue, dialogue, (laughs) is usually sparingly. Uh, Instead, it focuses on the frail, often speechless tension as soldiers fight for their lives. It's a visual experience uh, unlike any other. Uh, Last year, Nolan was also awarded a CBE for his contributions to film. Wow, there's a lot of news uh, these days, particularly uh, music news. As you might know, um, there are a lot of shows uh, coming up this year. Um, I might tell you about those a little bit later. Uh, But one that you might not know of is um, the Who um, are going to be touring the UK and the US. Um, So if you don't have your tickets already, definitely check out uh, Ticketmaster.com. Uh, So a little more about that. The Who have teased uh, details of a UK announcement for next week, leading to speculation that they're heading out on tour once more. The Rock 
Legends promised that a big UK announcement is coming on Monday as they showed a cryptic video on Twitter. The clip confirms the announcement once more and features snippets of their legendary career while Baba O'Reilly plays in the background. With the U.S. tour set to begin in the spring, it's inevitably sparked speculation that they could be about to announce the U.K. leg. Please be a tour. Please be a tour. Please be a tour. (laughs) Well, I could definitely relate to that. I remember, um, kind of a side note here to the story, which always happens, I bought tickets for uh, my mom and my brother to see them way back in 2006 at the Hollywood Bowl, and my mom always tells me it was like one of the best shows that she's ever seen, <laughs> besides Brian Wilson, which um, I went to uh, take her to see him uh, right before the holidays, um, and that was pretty epic. And I was lucky enough to see The Who uh, at Outside Lands of all places um, in 2017, and that was pff, that was amazing. Um, Outside Lands, um, unfortunately, over the past couple of years, the big name acts or you know rock bands, as we used to call them, are no longer being featured at Outside Lands. So I think that was probably one of the last hurrahs in terms of you know bands on your bucket list that you would actually you know maybe drop a couple hundred dollars to see at a music festival like that. Uh, but luckily, I got in for free thanks to good old Zach Bateman, who's been a friend of the show since the beginning. Hats off to him. And uh, that was definitely an experience that I'll always remember. I remember being surrounded by a bunch of hippies and also a bunch of people from Canada. You never know who you're going to find at uh, festivals like that, especially if it's like a one-off appearance, uh, that sort of thing. But it was really special. Got to hear all the hits. Got to see Pete Townsend do his guitar thing. Got to see Roger Daltrey, you know, running back and forth on stage. It's like things that you would dream about and never think that you would see in real life. So that was definitely, you know, uh, a milestone, a life milestone in the making, so to speak. But anyways, back to the new story. (laughs) This is what happens when I don't have a co-host. I just go on uh, all kinds of rants here at Mutiny Radio. And if you want to donate to us, you can also go to our website, mutinyradio.fm. We could definitely use your help. I know that we have a few things uh, coming up this year in terms of new equipment, which is also which is really exciting. And you guys can help make that happen. Donate, donate, donate. All right. Uh, so others speculated that it could be linked to the 40th anniversary of Quadrophenia, their seminal film which chronicled the 60s clashes between the mods and rockers on Brighton Beach. Frontman Roger Daltrey also confirmed that The Who will release a new album later this year, their first of original material since 2006's Endless Wire, which makes sense. Okay. Describing what to expect from the new record, Daltrey said, dark ballads, heavy rock stuff, experimental electronica, sampled stuff, and hooish tunes that began with a guitar that goes yinga-dang. <laughs> They're all great songs, but sometimes I hear them and I think, I can't add anything to this to make my job as singer worthy of doing anything better than what Pete Townsend has already done added Daltrey. There's at least five or six I can lay into, and I'm sure they'll come out incredible. Now that I'm heated up, I'm going to spend time getting into them. Well, if you're a fan of The Who, I'm sure you're going to be excited to hear some of that new material, possibly see them live. Um, If not for the first time, then uh, good luck to you all. All right, stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio. 
Everyone's just figuring out where they're supposed to be here at Mutiny Radio. 
thanks you guys for stopping on by. How are you doing this evening? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out this connection here is not the best, but um, yeah. So Busy Lighthouse is here, and um, tell me a little bit how you guys got together. So I'll start. Um, my name's Jesus. Um, so it all started with I've been I've been writing music since like since I picked up a guitar between fifth and sixth grade and I had like a collection of songs and I was like I should just do my own thing you know uh, put a record together just distribute it amongst my friends and family but then I asked Isaiah because he played bass with me in jazz band in high school and I was like hey Isaiah help me out so I got Isaiah and um, our former drummer and uh, we just put it together we recorded it and once we put everything together and mixed the album, Isaiah was like, hey, let's start a band. So that's pretty much where it started. And that's how it always starts. <laughs> <laughs> and um, do you have any upcoming shows? It sounds like you guys just played one recently. Uh, yeah, we just finished our last show for a little bit. Uh, yesterday it was in Davis at uh, Armadillo Music. Right um, on. Yeah, we don't have anything scheduled as of now until at least april but uh, i mean if something comes up uh, it'll be on our facebook but as of right now we don't have anything that i know of <laughs> right now but yeah. soon it will because you grace through the doors of mutiny radio <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're playing april 6th and 7th or Which one of those no, april 6th we're playing um, a festival in davis oh nice yeah. so there's kind of is there like kind of a secret music scene over there that we're not hearing uh. about not really. There's like, uh, so Sudwork is where this festival is, the Cherry Blossom Festival. I mean, oh nice. They have some music there, like downtown Davis, but not much. It's like a college town. Uh-huh. You really have to go to the Bay Area or SAC mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. bigger venues. Yeah, I, I've heard a lot of like underground music scenes in Davis. Like, mm-hmm. there's like a house where they have a bunch of shows like in their basement. Nice. But I think, like you said, there's it's yeah. a secret music scene that like. <laughs> I don't even know about so it's like you better know someone you better be connected exactly you better get the Facebook chat or Facebook group started is that how you guys do it now we usually Facebook's like our main like thing I Mm -hmm. think I don't know I don't know why I think it's easier for us because like I don't know. Um, Inst- yeah, and Instagram. I mean, yeah, people say, like, Facebook's, like, kind of dying, you know, but I've used it every day. Facebook's, like, one of my favorite social medias, so... I mean, Instagram is more for just pictures and yeah. videos. Twitter, I, I, I don't like using it for news and stuff. I think Facebook, for, like, posting news about the band, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. Facebook's easiest because you can put events on there and you can invite people right. um, and, like, just let people be notified and, um, you know, just keep everything in the loop. Better, so, yeah. f- better functionality there mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. What makes you think that Facebook is dying? You think people are? I, I don't. Well, I again, like I use it a ton, so I don't necessarily think it's. I mean, I guess I see it. And I just, I don't know. People don't use it as much as I've noticed. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are like on, you know, Snapchat and like Instagram and. Yeah, especially like the younger generation, I think, isn't into Facebook as much. They're into the whole visual <laughs> thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking because I'm starting a new chapter. Have you guys heard about people using like YouTube? live and all that mm-hmm. stuff i have no clue how i'm gonna do it but i'm gonna figure it out <laughs> um yeah so tell me a little bit more about your musical influences and how that um is integrated into your music yeah so i'll go ahead and start um as a kid i've been listening to i think scorpions um 
yeah from germany they've <laughs> they've been like a huge influence growing up and then when i got into like sixth grade pearl jam became a huge influence yes. and f- pretty much from a little kid my uncle my mom my dad they come from huge um way different musical backgrounds from like iron maiden to like latin american singers and latin american music Mm -hmm. um but i think the biggest influence um that you hear in our music i think is that like classic rock um sound tone i don't even know how to describe it but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think it's it's a very scorpion pearl jammy kind of kind of feel i don't know how to how, how to say it exactly that's an interesting combination have you ever seen them live the scorpions i haven't seen the scorpions live i had the chance to see them up in tahoe they uh-huh. came like a couple months ago but oh, it was yeah. like i think there was like a snowstorm or something and i oh, was like shoot. i don't want to <laughs> risk going up there with the snow yeah um but i did see pearl jam 2013 at in the oracle arena oh, yeah i was at that show too what did oh you really think? yeah yeah it was good like it was crazy because like i had never been to a show longer than two and a half hours so they played for like three and a half hours and i was like wow so crazy people had to leave early because bart closed like (laughs) yeah we must have left towards the end Mm because i think we got like maybe the last train back here to the city but we were like that happened it was like one of those like epic moments that you'll never forget Mm -hmm. but definitely worth it and then he had um they didn't have an opening act right but they had i I don't think they did they had john doe from x got on stage and was Mm -hmm. like one of the the guest singers yeah that was really special and the tickets were relatively inexpensive and we weren't in the nosebleeds we paid Mm -hmm. like 80 and we were like in the middle like in the middle dead center in the middle but towards the the right hand side which i was when i saw depeche mode too i don't know how that happens (laughs) but um yeah Mm -hmm. hopefully um there's some other good shows coming up this year is there any that you guys are going to be attending uh i'm gonna see paul mccartney uh in july i think Uh i saw him once in uh well i guess oracle park now Uh, Uh at&t park back Uh in um 2010 right on um or it might have been 2009 i don't remember but um Mm -hmm. And then so I'm seeing him again this summer, so I'm really excited about that one, because um, it's like you know Beatles again. One of our, well, I don't know if you mentioned Beatles, but one of our biggest influences. <laughs> like, That's one of the things that, all you know, that at first me and Jesus kind of bonded over, and now you know, all of we us all kinda, now yeah now yeah yeah but um yeah the Beatles definitely up there with my like they were always my favorite band growing up and still are so um yeah I'm super excited about that. Right on. Um, I had the pleasure of seeing him at Outside Lens 2013. Um, and it was funny because I had work that day and I missed like everybody else who played that day, but I only, it was like Friday. So it was the first day and I was like, well, I don't really care. Like all I want to see is Paul McCartney. And I lit and it took me like forever to get over there from pretty much this side of town. And it was like this whole like thing. I had to share a cab with someone, but eventually I made it over there and I made it like literally like five to 10 minutes before he started. So I was like, Oh, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) But it was really like, an epic performance it was like another one of those bands where you're like wow i never or artists where you're like wow i never thought i would actually see them and it's happening it's happening so i sorry i went to london over like a few summers ago with my family Mm -hmm. we we stayed right by abbey Abbey road um and like we walked past the studio you know did the whole crossing the street picture but like i we swear we saw paul coming out of the studio like it was the we saw the back of his head, and we're like, 
Maybe it was a lookalike. I don't know. <laughs> we like to believe and say that we saw Paul coming, like just finishing a, a, a studio session. It was probably William Campbell, his replacement. Oh. Right. His fill-in. Yeah. His, um, what do you call it, sidekick or yeah, exactly. alter ego. You could have thrown something at him just to, just to make sure. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Nice. Um, what did you think of London? As a, was it your like your first time going? Or? Yeah, we did London and Paris. You know, typical tourist things. But mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Um, I th- yeah, we stayed in an apartment in London, nice. like Airbnb. It was mm-hmm. really nice to get the whole experience, take yeah. the tube around. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, it definitely felt cleaner than Paris overall. I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. I've been to both cities. I've spent more time in London than Paris. Mm-hmm. D- did you feel like Paris, like they kind of had an attitude, like a French attitude? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I sensed too. And I didn't spend as much time there, so I'm like, I don't know. I kind of want to go to Versailles, but we'll see yeah. what happens in the future. <laughs> <laughs> and all the riots are happening there right now, that too. That, too, so yeah. That's always exciting. Do you guys yeah. think um, if the shutdown happens again, if people will start rioting? <laughs> Wouldn't that I be think awesome? So. That would be cool. And <laughs> <laughs> maybe that <laughs> That would bring about some change quicker. I don't know. Yeah, but it's kind of interesting. I mean, I went to the Women's March um, Mm -hmm. last week, and I mean, it's more like, I mean, it's like we're protesting. We're not. It's a peaceful protest. Yeah. So every year, it's like, I wonder if anything's gonna happen, and it's like, no. like i don't have to resort to violence but is that the only thing that'll make people listen right and they say that the women's marches helped kind of you know get women elected this year to Mm. to congress and and government in general so i guess it's working but uh tbd on that (laughs) and like now kamala harris just is running yeah which is awesome yeah that's kind of cool she's she's local and um you know they're gonna they're gonna bring out everything out of the woodwork but um I also heard that that Bernie's going to be running again. I don't know if wow. you guys heard that. Yeah, I did hear that, but I've also been hearing that he's not. So I'm oh, not. Okay. I don't. I don't know who to. I don't either. Who to listen to? <laughs> but but that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, Bernie actually came uh, my freshman year um, mm-hmm. to Davis, nice. 2015, 16. Wow. Yeah, it's so long. I don't even remember. I so know. long ago. Oh, you're so old. <laughs> God. You're making me look ancient uh. over here. But um, yeah, I think the difference is there's just a lot more energy and there's just a lot more options, at least on the, the Democratic side. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care about the other people. But um. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think a, a huge thing also is that younger people are starting to get involved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think that's a huge thing going on right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Like voter apathy has always been huge. But like with the midterm elections recently, there was a lot of push to get everyone out there. Yes. Yeah, which is yes. good. It's good. And um, where do you guys uh, see the band going in the future? What are like your ultimate goals or your top five, you know, scenarios? Um, so right now, um, our focus is school, of course. That's right. Um, but, you know, right now we're just having fun playing around bay area the mm-hmm. davis sack area um definitely once you know in a year or two once like at least one or two of us are out of school it'll be a lot easier to like 
organize ourselves like hey you know what's our step forward because right now we base all our gigs and stuff around school mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and like once we have uh like a job and stuff jobs are more stable in the sense that like it doesn't the schedule doesn't really change exactly um and in davis and um it's a quarter system so every three months we have a completely different new schedule <laughs> oh gosh yeah so it's crazy definitely in a couple years uh, i think either once i graduate or i think josh is going to be the next one to graduate after me yeah one year later then we'll have a, and then and then Harado and, and, and isaiah graduate um a year after josh so nice i think i think once we're all out it'll be way easier to like you know let's plan this out let's do this like to what's com- commit and kind of make a tour happen exactly and yeah stuff, and sure. like we, we've been talking about touring uh this summer uh either west coast or um lizzie our booking agent is working with other bands um for east coast tour as oh, well wow. um which is super cool she's awesome yes um but our problem with that is um internships and you know uh, we, st- <laughs> we don't know our summer plans yet really. yeah that's the thing like we apply to internships and we don't really find out until like a month or two before we start gotcha so yeah. Well, hopefully everything happens for you guys. Yeah, and thank I w- you. Wish you the best of luck. And it sounds like you guys are really motivated and ambitious. So that's like mm-hmm. your mind and your heart are in the right place. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like uh, what you were saying, like what what are our goals? I think mm-hmm. at least for me, like just being able to express your feelings and emotions through music is, mm-hmm. I think, s- like an awesome thing to do, mm-hmm. regardless whether you play in front of a 3,000 people or 10 people I think it's just expressing your emotions through music and um, affecting people through music is is um, I guess our our intent with our music right now absolutely and would you say um, you know based on your Facebook followers is it mostly you have a local following or do you find that people from other countries are like hey I'm from Denmark and I love you guys you know like that kind of thing yeah so um, I think most of our followers are our friends and people that have heard us um, because we always say like hey follow us on Spotify or check our Instagram out Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but on Spotify we could check like our top five like areas of where people listen from Mm -hmm. and there have been some people from like i think my mom was like hey you have like two followers from australia and i was like i don't know anyone there but that's (laughs) awesome um but i you know i have family in mexico and el salvador and um they've listened to some of our stuff so sometimes i see if they've been listening or not on spotify (laughs) (laughs) like oh my gosh they're listening to that song over and over and over again exactly love it so if we were to listen to a song from Spotify, what would we listen to? Uh, ooh, what would we listen to, guys? First album. Ooh, um, the only album. <laughs> the only I'm album like, we hmm, have out right now. I don't know how to tell you this. Memories and unrealities. Yeah, memories and unrealities. I think, um, yeah, one of our solid songs on there, like that's gotten the, like, I guess the most feedback has been Imagination. And um, just a little background, um, mm-hmm. that song I actually wrote for an eighth grade poem poetry contest. So it originally was a poem. There really was no meaning behind it. But the awesome thing about art is, you know, you could find meaning, different meaning to different art pieces like at different times depending right. on the situation mm-hmm. so i think uh, i just wrote it it was all supposed to be like a rhyme thing make it sound pretty i wrote music to it freshman year of high school so about a year or two after and now like the more i listen to it i think the more uh, meaning i get out of it and i don't know absolutely yeah well let's take a listen shall we mm-hmm. 
Fish are swimming in the beaming clouds The birds at the pond informed me I was loud An African ponds are all polar bears walking My tired senses told me the That was Imagination, and that's from your first album that came out in 2016. Mm-hmm. Three years ago. I was going to say two, but it's 2019. <laughs> and how would you say your your sound has evolved since then? Um, I think it's it, on the second album. It's going to be a more grungy, like rock feel. I don't know how to explain it because, like, 
this album it was all my music like i told isaiah and our previous drummer like this is how i want it like this is the idea i have but this new album it was more of like a collective effort Mm -hmm. on how we wanted to sound nice and is it the same personnel like you guys have been together so i didn't there was another drummer um on the first album Mm -hmm. that was before i was in the picture jesus and i met um and jazz band at uc davis jazz band yeah love it yeah, our third album is gonna be jazz. It's gonna be like some standards. Duke Ellington, <laughs> uh, Buddy Rich, yeah. yeah, all those guys. But yeah, I think the second album will be like heavier and fuller too. Definitely a fuller sound. Nice. Yeah, and that's good. It's always good to like progress and try new things. Um, when you guys record, is it normally in a studio or is it in the comfort of your own basement? So for for the first album, it was my cousin who actually mixed it. Um, it was at my house. Uh, my house is all like tile and there's no carpet or anything. So we were like, all right, we have to hang a bunch of like blankets and towels everywhere to kind of like muffle the sound out. Um, but we did it there and um, it was my cousin's very first like major project, I guess. Oh, nice. Um, so, I mean, it was, it turned out really cool. Like, um, like you were saying, like we've, we've uh, evolved and developed our sound like musically but also um like in the studio like how we wa- like how we plan on mixing things and are we going to layer certain things and how we want certain tracks to sound i think we've also developed in that sense as well mm-hmm. and where do you say your inspiration for writing music comes from is it like politics is it because we're living in california is it your love life um, so I try to stay away from love life kind of, kind of lyrics. Good for you. Um, in, on, in this album, there's uh, a love song and a breakup song and, uh-huh. and, and it, like the background story in this album, um, everything's in order pretty much from like the order in which I wrote it in and, um, hello was a love song. And then the next oh, okay. song is a breakup song. So learn to forget. Yeah. Learn to forget was a breakup song. So like, I know I knew I was like I don't want to make love songs because like you know you write a love song and then if you end up ending that relationship then you're gonna think of that song and you're gonna you know the next person you're with that love song isn't isn't, you know directly for them or to them um (laughs) about me (laughs) but um definitely um a lot of the new songs are from current events like there's some political stuff um on the new album um i try not to make things like my lyrics uh super direct with their meaning Mm -hmm. you kind of have to like dig in deeper um and that's you know going back to like art could have different meanings like that's my meaning but anyone could have a different relation to the lyrics or to the music um but one of the songs on our next album the book i wrote after the the paris terrorist attacks in 2016 yeah i remember that Mm mm-hmm that was some pretty dark shit yeah yeah definitely so i just remember like i had a riff and like a chord progression and i was like this is, it's a it's a, in a minor key so it's kind of sad so i'm just gonna write something um about the terrorist attacks and then a song came out of it so mm-hmm. um just like current events and school related life related stuff you know mm-hmm. thoughts that mm-hmm. keep you up at night kind of deal so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what's the greatest thing about going to uc davis <laughs> <laughs> What's the I'll, worst I'll thing? I'll let Josh go ahead and answer this. <laughs> the worst thing is the cow poop. <laughs> cow shit literally every... And like, okay, our dorm... Now you I stayed know. at Tercero, right? Yeah, so I lived in Tercero. There was a... 
uh, there's cows yeah there's cows like literally like right there and i remember waking up and you know i told my dorm friends like door friends like hey let's go get some breakfast or something so we go out and as soon as we open the door just like a huge wall of like (sighs) cow smell just hits us in the face but that was more like once every two weeks kind of thing you know but you just get used to it after a while yeah it's part of your just part of your aura exactly yeah <laughs> i think you just get so used to it that you don't even notice it after a while that's so funny yeah what is your um what would be like your dream tour like what band would you open for besides uh, iron maiden <sighs> I don't know. It's such a hard question because, like, you you have you know a dreams as, um, of playing with a band, but like deep down, you know it's probably not going to happen. There's like a zero point zero zero one percent chance it'll happen. Um, but I don't know. Like, I don't really know how to like compare ourselves to a band because we'd want to play or open for a band that you know our sound is similar to theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard people compare us to the Killers. I don't. Oh. I don't really see the correlation there. Interesting. Um, but we've been compared to the Killers and um, Pearl Jam, and more of like the grungy, like nice. alternative rock bands. Yes. Speaking of grunge, they're more Riot Girl. But did you hear about Bikini Kill getting back together? No, I don't. I oh, okay. didn't hear of it. Well, sorry. they're they're from the same era. Like they were friends with you know Nirvana and you know Soundgarden that that whole um, era. But unfortunately, I think they've were written out of history unless you were like alive during that time. But mm-hmm. definitely worth checking out. Like the whole Riot Girl, you know, feminist, um, you know, standing up to the government thing didn't just start two years ago. So it mm-hmm. kind of honestly, it kind of started with you know Gloria Steinem in the 70s and then riot uh punk in the 70s and 80s then riot girl in the 90s and then there was kind of like a weird like i don't really know what was happening in the 2000s honestly and that's when i was your guys's age and then finally like stuff starting started changing more recently so i'm like okay yes (laughs) momentum but yeah if you haven't listened to bikini kill um Julie Rune is is the newer project that Kathleen Hanna has done, and she's married to um, Ad Rock from uh, Beastie Boys. Mm. So it's all like, and because originally they were a hardcore band, and they all kind of Fugazi, like they all just mm-hmm. were kind of part of this, you know, movement, if you will, in music. So it wasn't like just women or just men like doing their thing. But I think the way it was maybe written or portrayed in music history was like oh it's like all about you know fugazi beastie boys they changed the world and they did don't get me wrong but there were other great bands too (laughs) yeah definitely spread the love spread the love and i remember them because my my second cd that i ever bought was their their first album and the first one was green day's first album so it's like special place in my heart but it's to me it's good because originally they were only supposed to play two shows one in los angeles and one in new york and then now they're playing like six shows so they're like building up some momentum and these shows you're talking about are recent right yes they're going to be in april and early may so i'm going to one of the shows at the hollywood palladium down south so definitely check them out if you can and there's i feel like there's probably going to be a lot of reunions this year that maybe even haven't been announced yet there's always somebody surprising um have you guys played san francisco in the past 
<laughs> uh, we played at the first SF show we played at uh, Honey Hive, right? Oh, in, like, yeah, whatever, that place. Area. The Sunset. Yeah. Sunset, Sunset District, yeah. right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we played um, DNA Lounge twice. I uh, just went by DNA earlier. God, it's been yeah, so it's pretty long. close. We took the same exit. There, like, two <laughs> weeks ago, right? That was the um, second time we played there. How was that? Were there a lot of goths? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to lie. That was a cool a, venue. Yeah, it's a cool venue. And it has the pizza place, right? Mm-hmm. On the way up. Yep. Um, that, that's still there, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, and then Slim's is right up the street, too. Yeah. Slim's is cool. But although I feel like Slim's used to have a lot better like a- acts in general and like the past couple of years it's been like i don't know what's <laughs> going on but great american has had some good ones and they're owned by the, the same people i believe so there's going to be some some interesting um shows this year for sure um have you guys heard of punk rock bowling no no <laughs> yeah that's kind of more like more retro i'm trying to think of like newer festivals that you guys would know about that are not outside lens but <laughs> yeah. tbd burger boogaloo is a good one but that one you kind of have to be associated with i guess burger records but i don't know they somehow get bands to play that aren't on their label which i think is interesting and then i've heard from other people who don't necessarily like burger records but i'm like but i love the festival they put on every year it's so it's like how a festival's supposed to be to me. Like the whole Coachella, um, outside lands thing is very like cliche now. It's just so overblown, and it kind of takes away from the whole experience, which it's supposed to be about the music. <laughs> but I guess that's kind of getting getting forgotten. So I actually like going to the the smaller things. They had one um, about two years ago at Petrero del Sol, a couple blocks from here, and that one was all like local, like Oakland, San Francisco, you know, Bay Area, different kinds of music, not just rock. But there was like hip hop, there was indie, there was punk rock, there was uh, R and B, like world music. It was really interesting. So hopefully they come up with something like that (laughs) that people can actually afford to go to um yeah what kind of shows do you guys like to go to um so i think uh since we're on the topic of like festivals yeah um isaiah and i actually went to the aftershock in um sacramento this past year oh yeah i've heard of that um Mm -hmm. and it was you know it was crazy first festival i've ever been to i went for system of a down nice um because they've also been a huge influence Uh um but yeah, it was it was an awesome experience. Um, the only thing was that like there's so many people, and I'm short, so like I couldn't see over like the thousands of people yeah. in front of me. I totally <laughs> feel you on that, yeah. and it's interesting. I don't know if it's because I'm a woman; it probably is. But sometimes you can like, hey, <laughs> can I stand in front of you? But it's not always the case. Sometimes they just look at you like, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> But there was one time, and it was it was recently, it was a couple of weeks ago, we went to see the Dead Kennedys. I think this was in December. And we were just standing there, minding our business, and these uh, two guys were like, hey, like, you know, we have extra two seats at our table. And we were like, should we do it? Like, we kind of want to. But then we were, were like thinking, oh, they have other intentions. Like, we don't know what the fuck these guys are going to do. Yeah totally nice guys they're kind of like ex-ravers or they were from like the uh what's that festival in the desert i'm forgetting burning man burning man that one so they were kind of affiliated with with that but they're also i guess into like 
punk music too, obviously Dead Kennedys, um, that whole thing. So yeah, it was kind of interesting. Like that was a rare, a rare moment mm-hmm. in my Bay, Bay Area experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. You never know who you're gonna meet, but um, yeah, if you guys ever go to the show, like in go to a show in San Francisco, Oakland, Berkeley, I really like uh, the UC Theater. Um, it's close to Berkeley. I have a friend who works there. Or, nice. well, I guess a friend, someone in my class, I uh-huh. should say. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> but um, no, yeah, it's a cool venue. Uh, me and Gerardo went to a show there last year, mm-hmm. and uh, it's pretty cool that it's one of those venues where like the Warfield, um, that you can feel like the you know you can feel the place shaking. Yeah, you know, when people are excited mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the Fillmore, yeah, um, yeah. I like ven- I like uh, venues where it's like intimate enough where it feels like I guess more. Uh, more unique but not so um large that it's like or what am i trying to say i just like intimate venues you know yeah not but like not, oracle arena yeah, or freaking you feel like it's so separated woodstock yeah. which is happening yeah i heard about that <laughs> dude who do you guys think is gonna play i hope santana was on there that would be cool i hope uh oh, i don't that'd know be epic. Would be cool. the eagles maybe I feel like I wouldn't survive. <laughs> Stone's still touring, right? Yeah, they they are. might go. Shit. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to go. <laughs> I'm overdue for an East Coast trip. There's something about the East Coast that I really love, and some people agree with me and other people don't. They're like, people on the East Coast are so nasty, blah, blah, blah. It's not that they're nasty. They're just not hiding their shit like people do here in San Francisco. Like, people in San Francisco are super fake, which isn't always the case and wasn't always the case either. But I kind of like it. I like it when people are, na- like, outright nasty to me. Because then there's there's, no, there's nothing to hide. They're not passive-aggressive. Yeah, I went, um, I think, uh, my only East Coast experience, um, Washington, D.C. I'm nice. not sure if that's mm-hmm. East Coast. Yeah. In Chicago, I'm not sure if that's East Coast. I Midwest. think that's Midwest. Okay. Yeah, that's where my mom's from. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah but Washington, D.C., I went there for a band trip. Um, I think Isaiah came with me, too. That It was for high school. It was um, in the marching band or concert band at the time. Really cool. So, yeah. Um, but we were there, I think, four or five days, and we were all, like... It's like jet lag and like we, we would be sleeping like six hours a night. So like it's one of those things that like, you know, awesome. You're on a band trip, but like you only remember half the stuff you did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know those work trips where it's like mm-hmm. literally we go, they'd fly us to Vegas. Then we're in meetings all day and then we have dinners and then we party all night and then we have to be up at 7 a.m. the next day. Yeah, exactly. And that it, was us. But like in high school version. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it sound it totally sounds fun. But then when you're actually done with it, you're like, I'm dead i'm literally dead and i never want to do this again fuck the world (laughs) i'm glad i don't have to do it anymore (laughs) yeah that was pretty much us and then like they tell us like hey those in the honor band which the honor band was pretty it was a gold gold festival or something like that where it's like interesting uh uh, concert bands from around the nation high school (sighs) concert bands go and like they compete i'm not sure if it's the best of the best but like we'd always get nominated for the gold festival which was like really awesome awesome um and i remember i got selected for the i believe it was honor band because i played string bass in high school um so i remember they're like all right honor band you guys have practice at like 7 30 you got to be up like have breakfast at like seven and then go to the room and like all my friends would still be sleeping by the time i'd be you know practicing in the morning yeah so they're totally missing that shit (laughs) exactly (laughs) that's fun did you get to do any sightseeing 
while you were there yeah um uh, we ended up taking a cruise with the other bands um on the river i think that's there i don't oh, remember neat. the name of it I don't remember we did that. that we also word. went Potomac. to like yeah I think that was it yeah we also went to um the i'm really bad with like the names and stuff but like the arlington cemetery yeah. or something like that mm-hmm. we went there on the last day um we went to the to the lincoln memorial in that Very area cool. the smithsonian museum oh, so it was really cool i'm jealous yeah. It was super awesome. I got to do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's on my list. It's on my to-do list. Should we listen to another song? Yeah, let's do Simple it. Harmonic Dreams. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> just picking and choosing. You go for it. <laughs> okay, you want me to choose a song? Yeah. Okay. It's your song. <laughs> yeah, Simple Harmonic <laughs> Dreams is like a very, like, it's an instrumental song, so oh. it really, it's all harmonics, too. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I think our the next song I think that mm-hmm. we're most proud of is um, Anthropophobia. Uh-huh. It's a very Iron Maiden inspired song. Nice. Let's check it out. <laughs>
So that's just what life is like here at Mutiny Radio. Mm-hmm. Now you guys know a little bit more. They know some of the, the nitty-gritty details of what goes on. But um, <laughs> anthra... I don't want to screw it up. Anthropophobia? Yeah, anthropophobia. And it, um, it means fear of humans or fear of humanity. Totally fits in with that story. <laughs> but yeah, that the, that song came from uh, the book Lord of the Flies. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, sophomore year of high school, I read that book, and I was like, "This is a very interesting concept." So I just oh, yeah. made music for it and wrote lyrics. There's a film too, right? That came out in like the 50s or 60s. I should watch that. I think so. I'm not completely sure though. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like old movies. They're more like intuitive. Mm-hmm. Not. Don't get me wrong, there's some some new ones that are really good, too. Have you guys seen any good movies recently? I just saw Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, it was nice. Like, was oh, it good? Yeah. I heard it was I heard that it's one like was good. It's like a comic book and movie together. Got it. Really cool style. Is it still part of... It's not part of the Marvel Cineverse no, it's, situation. Um, it's not MCU, is it? It's like... It's a cartoon. Um, Sony made it, I think. Sony. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, it seems like there was a lot of good films. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of films about Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg oh, yeah. last year. I saw, um, what was it called? Not the documentary, the the historical fiction one. The, um, On the basis of sex. Yeah, yeah. What did you think? I really enjoyed it. Me too. Oh, yeah. And there was like, <laughs> no, it was great. And there was so much I didn't know about her and her yeah. family members. Like, mm-hmm. her husband. Oh, my awesome, God. Awesome, dude. Like, you don't understand. My friend and I were like this in our seats. <laughs> can we? Can we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I was, <laughs> I was looking at the other women in the in the audience, and they weren't they weren't into it, but we were totally into it. We were mm-hmm. like, yes, we want, we want this guy that's her husband but it's not gonna happen <laughs> but we can keep dreaming i mean we have like our own versions but it's not exactly that actor who is really gorgeous but anyways it was a great film it really mm-hmm. was um and it was interesting showing kind of like what was maybe going on behind the scenes you know things that you wouldn't you know mm-hmm. but anyways i don't know i feel like there's a lot of good films coming out there's a lot more marvel films coming out i'm sure you guys have any favorites besides spider-man um like recent shows or i mean recent movies or just Uh in general just in general in general i'm I'm a huge fan of like the first spider-man with toby Maguire. oh yeah like that series i remember when that came out yeah i don't know to me that's the classic one because that's what i grew up on exactly um yeah but yeah, I mean, uh, last movie I saw was a nun. That shows you, oh shows you how long I, how long it's been since I went to a movie how theater. How was that? It was terrifying. It, it, the I think the images themselves weren't as terrifying. I think it's just like the the fear it it instills <laughs> in your head, and like now, like whenever they're, you know, I'm looking down the hallway in my apartment or at like my home home, um, and it's like dark down there i could just like if i think of the nun i just start imagining <laughs> it just like coming it. out through the darkness i'm like oh no oh gosh jesus's favorite movie is interstellar right yes i love interstellar oh i don't know if you heard him i don't think you heard me but i was talking about um christopher nolan has uh, some a new film coming out in 2020 uh what movie do you know oh, i forgot the, the name, name of it i'll have to look it up i hope it's interstellar too because that cliffhanger just it wasn't good I, at the end right with yeah. the, the daughter and it's like he's almost like yeah he's almost there mm-hmm. it was really interesting yeah and i'm like a huge like science i love science dude i love space and like 
just like physics and all that and that just it's just super awesome to me just watching all that <laughs> were you a fan of alien i've never actually seen that movie before oh, yeah i think you'd like it, it where it jumps out of the chest oh that screwed me up even like, i i'd say if if you don't if you've never seen it maybe watch like the first two like the original and the second one they say is the best but um it's pretty interesting interesting stuff especially for like the time period that it came out you know like mm -hmm. star wars it was coming out and you know there was it was kind of revolutionary in that way like the i guess the technology that they were using as well it's like nothing like that had ever been done but definitely a great film if you're into the whole science fiction thing and um i don't know is blade runner considered science fiction or is that reality yeah <laughs> I, I didn't. I, I want to see. I know I need to see it. And yeah. The twenty forty nine just came out, right? Yeah, I think I watched it. To me, it wasn't as good, but mm -hmm. to each their own, right? And movies these days, they're just getting longer and longer mm -hmm. and longer and longer. And I don't know about you guys, but my attention span is not that great. Mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah, I think it all depends on the movie too. Like, I feel like some movies, like I could watch, like if it if it's a four-hour movie i'm like wow i'm like super into it like interstellar is like a two and a half hour movie yeah. and the entire mm -hmm, time mm -hmm. i'm just like fully engaged like i don't i don't even think i blink while i watch that movie um but like like i saw lights out like three summers ago i'm not sure if you saw that movie mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. a horror movie so it's you know fearness fear of the dark pretty much mm -hmm. um but i remember that movie was only like an hour and like 10 or 15 minutes wow, and like really it was really short and again, it was one of those movies that was like, you know, I could have watched another half hour of that movie if there was another half hour. <laughs> You're but, like, come on, guys. Yeah. My money's worth, man. Mm -hmm. But that's what's kind of cool about Marvel, right? There's always like a, I mean, it's not really an alternative ending, but it's like leading you on to like what the next story is mm -hmm. going to be. Do you guys watch Black Mirror? Yes. Did you see Bandersnatch? I haven't watched that one yet, but I just finished finished the the, the series. Oh, so now cool. I need to watch the Bandersnatch, but yeah. that one has like a bunch of different endings, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a choose your own adventure movie. It's really cool. Mm. It sounds yeah. cool. Yeah, I'll have to watch that. Yeah, it's a really cool show. Definitely have to check it out. Yeah. Well, um, how did you guys come up with the name Busy Lighthouse? What's going on in that lighthouse over there? <laughs> so originally our name our name was supposed to be like the tritones or oh, something simple like that, like that and we thought about the tritones um because there, th there, there was three of us at the time uh -huh. and we were like okay tritones is cool and all um but then we saw that there was like we'd get into legal issues if yeah. like you know we actually end ended up getting big or something it reminds me of like this is there a band from like the 60s yes or? exactly yeah that's the band we, we were like all right let's like look like on itunes and spotify to see if we find something with that name yeah. and we found that band from the 60s who was like under a label and all that so like we'd for sure get in trouble if you know they still cared <laughs> but um there was uh, i think another uh i think they were like a punk rock band um they were independent so we were like okay i guess it doesn't really matter but then we were like just in you know let's come up with an, our own name just to like be unique and not have to worry about this in the future mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so that's when isaiah was like hey let's name a busy lighthouse like at first i was like oh, i don't know you know it's the name of one of our songs and like if we name it after the song they're gonna think that that's our best song and like all this other stuff but um we looked up 
uh, like band names with like lighthouse in it and there was just like one band name called uh, or one band called the lighthouse so we were like if we name it busy lighthouse like it's gonna be super unique like absolutely there's nothing similar to it except for the lighthouse so yeah i want to go to a freaking lighthouse have you guys <laughs> I, i've never been inside one but like i've walked like near one and like they're really cool like each one has like their own unique design to it do they would they even have one like on the west coast i feel like that would be like an east coast thing i think they have one in um mendocino county <sighs> i remember i went there hmm. I, may, I might i might be thinking of the wrong place but mm. i think last time i saw a lighthouse was like I was still like in sixth or seventh grade Gosh, way back when <laughs> so I'm, i might be mixing up my my uh, locations but i think it was mendocino county gotcha i'm gonna look it up later just because i'm curious you know google you can look at it through google i don't know what the hell that's called in real time it's kind of scary oh like satellite in? satellite yeah that's cool. i mean it's not it's kind of what reality is but depending on when they took the picture so those guys in the orange like not jumpsuits the vests yeah and i think they like go um <laughs> and like set up their like camera and their like trucks and like intersections and like they like take like 360 uh pictures and all that stuff yeah as long as i'm not in it it's mm -hmm. all good yeah <laughs> but sometimes i like to look at my address or my mom's address and i'm like yeah that's correct <laughs> to see if like <laughs> Yeah, sometimes I, I like to look at, like, my friend's houses or something to see if I could, like, see them outside or something, but <laughs> I usually don't have any luck with that. Yeah, it's like, where did they go? <laughs> and, um, yeah, well, if we want to find out more about you guys, um, it's best to check you out on Facebook, right? Yeah, so I'd say like Facebook or Instagram um, for, like, our upcoming shows and just, like, updates on the band. Um, but for music, definitely like Spotify, I think. I think everyone's using Spotify now. Like before we were on iTunes and you could like buy stuff on iTunes, but everyone's doing like the, the whole like online streaming thing now. So mm -hmm. how much have you made on Spotify? Like money? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've only gotten one check in the past two years and it was for like $110. Oh, nice. But like, That's I mean, it's, it's not bad, you know, like. Like, like I said, the next check will be more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, and like when we've played shows, like people will ask us like, Hey, is that the song that goes like, like this? And they're like, they like kind of hum it or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're like, is that, is that on Spotify? And I'm like, no, that's on our next album. So like, I think people are more, uh, I, I think uh, our newer music has caught people's attention a little bit more. Interesting. So hopefully once the album is out, we could, you know, get more listens on, on Spotify. Absolutely. How are you feeling about Spotify? What are your, what are your political um, ambitions there? I love Spotify. <laughs> I actually just got premium. Like this oh, you past, did? Yeah. Oh, like good a few for months you. Ago. I don't know. I joined a while ago, like six years ago. I don't know what happened in 2012, but that's when it like, because I was, I think up until that time, I was still bringing in like my CDs and like, I think I had an iPod. I did have an iPod. That's what it was. And I just wasn't ready yet for streaming but it's definitely like a a switcheroo or maybe were you a pandora user previously i was pandora is like my that was like my go-to before but um pandora is interesting they were like around before spotify and they kind of make suggestions right mm -hmm. like it's mostly based yeah. on suggestions it's less about like the extent of the library like spotify like 
is really good about mm-hmm. adding to their library, which I always liked. I was more into that, I think. I like Pandora just because like, it introduced me to new music, new artists. That's true. And like, expanded my, my world. Because if you like one song, it'll play artists that make similar music, you mm-hmm. know? So, mm-hmm. like, so who are you listening to right now? Right now, mostly just like whatever. Because <laughs> like, I've been playing the past couple shows with the band so mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. the songs that we play that's what i've been listening to mostly gotcha you don't like stevie nicks i don't know what that is <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's good how about how about you guys anything that you think we should check out um so the new vampire weekend uh single came out i'm a huge vampire weekend I did see fan mm-hmm. um i just love how their music is like so happy all the time um, but yeah, the Vampire Weekend single came out. Um, hopefully, the new album's gonna come out soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not on Spotify, so like, just because I don't want to pay the five dollars a Good month for, for us, it's five dollars because we're students. But like, yeah, family um, plan. Yeah. that's true. You guys you could can do that. Six people for the family. Do plan. it. Yeah, it's, it's nice. Power to the people. But the student comes with Hulu. That's true. It's mm, <laughs> very true. But, like see, this. like everyone tells me this, but I'm like, I'm in school though. Like, I barely have time to even like pick up my guitar like on weekends, unless it's for a gig. So, like, just having that option isn't yeah. really mm-hmm. useful mm-hmm. to me. You know? Yeah. I don't know. No, I totally get it. Eventually, like maybe when you graduate, you'll be like, okay, now I can afford, you know, these uh, these types of things. Yeah, mm-hmm. when I was in school, yeah, this didn't even exist. So don't even worry about it. I mean, the music's out there as long as you have access to it somehow. Like, I'm sure you guys drive, probably. So yeah. you can probably mm-hmm. just pop in your, you know, the radio. The radio, mm-hmm. the it's still a thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you guys do the old-fashioned radio or the Sirius XM? I have the old-fashioned radio. Nice. Yeah. And I usually listen to like the 80s or 90s like radio stations. Mm-hmm. I'm not really mm-hmm. into like the new modern like pop. 94.9. No, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm more of like the like the. I forgot the radio station. Like here in the Bay Area, it's like the 105.1. That's um, uh, uh, alternative. Yeah, and then there's the Bone. I forgot the. Yes. Oh God, I forgot that too. They play like classic rock on there yes. and all that. I love that station. Yes, um, another Bone. And then and Davis is a radio station. I'm really bad with the numbers, so I'm like, I just look through it until I find it. <laughs> I'm sure but, you guys have a station like on campus. Yeah, right? yeah, KDBS. and like, yeah, and like the cool thing is that they they like have local artists from Davis like put their music on there, which we should probably look into because we've never, <laughs> we we haven't really yeah. tried that. But now uh, one of my good friends um, has his own segment, so I'm gonna go ahead and ask him like, hey, you know, can we get our music on there like? something similar to this you know yes absolutely well we'd love to know if you have any upcoming shows here in the san francisco bay area and um thanks for coming on down you guys yeah thank you for having me so much for for us (laughs) and um so should we close you out with learn to forget yeah learn to forget because I'm, I'm still doing that. I'm in the process of <laughs> forgetting somebody. And uh, just to answer your question, we have here in the Bay Area, I think our next show is on May 4th. Oh, okay. In Redwood City. It's coming up. Um, I think Isaiah knows the name of the... of the Mount... It's, it's at a school um, in yeah, Redwood City, uh, mm-hmm. Mount Carmel. Oh, interesting. It's like a fundraiser. It's like a, like a carnival kind of thing. Oh, fun. Um, but yeah, I usually update it on our Spotify uh, under concerts and uh-huh. our Facebook as well. Very cool. Yeah. 
That's what's really great about Spotify too. It's not just the music; it's mm-hmm. the the upcoming shows too. The social aspect. Definitely. Well, thanks again, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. For stopping on by, and here's uh, Learn to Forget. Cut your ties All those gentle times When we thought it'd be
you just listened to an interview I did with Busy Lighthouse, um, and that was their second time on the air um, in their their entire career, and it was a pleasure to have them. They were excellent gentlemen, and um, it sounds like they had a great experience. So um, this year is off to a great start. It sounds like in terms of some of the guests that were that we're having. A couple of weeks ago, I had Fake Your Own Death, uh, Terry. So you definitely want to go check them out as well. It sounds like they have some shows planned later this year. And I just want to talk a little bit about some of the songs that we played earlier in the set. Uh, Domesticated Animals uh, is from uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Their latest album, Villains, which came out. About a year ago, I want to say. Wow, feels like just yesterday. Um, and after that was uh, Graham Coxon from the show The End of the Fucking World. Uh, I have to watch this show. <laughs> I'm so behind. Like, I watch certain shows and skip others, but that song is called Bus Stop. And after that is a band that I really like. Uh, they're currently on Burger Records, Habibi. Um, I went to see them in Oakland um, a couple months ago. Now it's been, but definitely check them out. Uh, I heard their song in the secret deodorant commercial, and I was like, I need to find out who these girls are. Um, anyways, uh, the song's called I Got the Moves. And after that, as a song that you probably know from the 90s, Counting Blue Cars uh, from Dishwalla, and the album's called Pet Your Friends. And then this song, I think, is a remix of Public Enemy, but it's pretty much a hash of The Prodigy and Manfred Mann. <laughs> and the song is called Shut Him Up. And uh, I think that one's pretty, pretty relevant nowadays. It's also a good song to work out to. So anything that's a little more aggressive in nature is definitely going to give you some results. <laughs> Just FYI. And let's see. After that was a song called Love Damage by Feral Ohms. And I had the pleasure of seeing them. Uh, they were playing with Hot Snakes and La Boucherettes. This was like almost a year ago uh, when uh, this new venue in San Francisco called August Hall just opened up. Uh, so definitely, you know, go check out a show there if you haven't. Um, they definitely tend to focus on more of the indie um, you know, people that are up and coming, but last year they had some really great, um, you know, more experimental slash, you know, uh, alternative acts, I guess I want to say, like I saw Rivers Cuomo, Johnny Marr, uh, Le Boucherettes. Uh, those were definitely some of the highlights for me in 2018. So if you haven't had a chance to see a show there, definitely make it happen. There's also a bowling alley next to it, which um, I was also supposed to go to. Still haven't had a chance to do that. Uh, definitely check it out, people. It's called Fifth Arrow. And let's see, after that was Priests from the album Nothing Feels Natural. And the song's called JJ. I believe they're going to be playing a show. And I think Johnny and I saw them open for... I can't even remember the name. I'll have to ask him. But I know that we saw them open for another group that we saw recently. 
But um, anyways, thanks for tuning in. And again, if you guys know of anybody who's interested in hosting a music-centered podcast, like what I've been doing here the past uh, nine years or so, I think my nine-year anniversary is pretty much here. So congratulations to me. And let's just keep it moving and stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio. Moth is the biggest and probably the most popular storytelling podcast in the nation. Um, it's based out of San Francisco, but they have a satellite in Oakland, Berkeley, too. Um, the guy that runs it is Corey Rosen. Nice Jewish name. Uh, <laughs> I might be distantly related to him, even. I have a Rosen in my background. Yeah. At first, I thought he was my fourth cousin, but that was a different Corey Rosen, who was gay in the closet and decided the way to deal with this was to join the Israeli armed forces. <laughs> Good luck, There's cousin Corey. Get out of this situation. Yeah. Nobody will think I'm gay now. <laughs> Let's hit the showers, guys. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Okay, all right. So, so yeah, um, when you do storytelling, comedy is incidental, not critical. So that's the first lesson, especially for comedians. If you get invited to a storytelling show or you have the opportunity, you can do a funny story, but you do not have to. The, the point is to be interesting. So you may be... You may make people laugh. You may make people cry. Yeah, I mean, you could go totally sad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Uh, and that's valid. That's still valid. You know what I'm saying? One of my criticisms I got first few years of comedy was that I wasn't doing comedy. I was doing storytelling. So in the beginning, I was mixing them up. And people rightfully criticized me. That Kyle used to tell me, this is great, Stoll. Let's have some punchlines. <laughs> 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 so... Um, it was good to finally start to find some venues because Art Boutique was really where I began doing storytelling. I could just feel it. I think I came there with maybe you and Zugnoni one night and um, I just loved the place on principle because I'm into graphic novels anyway. I loved the feel of it. And then I just started going into stories. I, I started getting things off my chest. And I've been doing that at Woodham's, but it was distracting. And that's mm. how I got that reputation of being not that funny, even if I was interesting. So the two different aims, two different arts, don't try to force them together. That, oh. That's the first one. Do you get, do you, and do you feel like you like storytelling better or comedy stand up? Not better, but it's different. I like storytelling because it's a relief for me. And I feel like there's things that I need to say. And I don't always feel like wrapping them in jokes in order to get them across. Um, I've been told before, like in Santa Cruz, that you're funny when you want to be. And when I don't want to be funny, a storytelling set is great. Because I don't have to be. Right. Yeah. You don't have to be. Mm-hmm. You know? You don't have to be. And then, uh, it, there's a lot of pressure off of you. You know? That's a, that, that's a lot of pressure off. It is. Where you have to be funny. And you have to come up with a joke. And you have to... Uh, yeah. Make sure everyone understands the premise. Or, you know, everything is translated before that could hit. You know? Exactly. So, the storytelling... I like storytelling. It's fun. I did your storytelling show in uh, Morgan Hill. That's right. Yeah. And we had a good time there um i did a burning tale before it's not around no more it was hosted by mighty mike mcgee yeah i did that one too yeah the yeah. poet laureate was 
Santa Clara County. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, it's cool. And sometimes I don't care. Sometimes I go to an open mic and I'm just going to do a story. Even if there's no funny things, you know, sometimes I just want to talk about something. Yeah. It reminded me of something, you know. I don't do generally uh, showcases, but open mics, oh, hell yeah. Especially at a mixed mic. Yeah, mixed mic especially. It's my time now, you know. Yeah. I want to talk whatever I want. If I want to talk about a rat orgy for five minutes, then let's go. <laughs> you know, yeah. it don't matter. So anyways, um, but it's nice. It's nice. And... Uh, uh, are you thinking you're drawing up another story show coming up or what? Yeah, I'm going to produce more. I got one here at Mutiny Radio that's coming up next month. It's Saturday, March 17th, uh, 8 to 10 p.m. It's part of our Friends of Mutiny series where we fundraise to keep the station afloat. And so Pam does not have to dip into her savings. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. That's good. You help out. You it is. Yeah. And we bring in some good money and people there. You can listen to the Friends of Mutiny as a podcast on Apple um, it's available now, and uh, lots of different shows that different people have produced are on there. We got music, comedy, storytelling, um, women's issues, and uh, speakers—just great material. Yeah, man. Yeah. So um, I'm looking forward to that show. I got a really great lineup. Julie Solar, like I mentioned from Story Slam Oakland, is going to be on there, and uh, I've known her for a couple of years. She she's really encouraged me, and she's helped me out. And uh, one time I even won like a $50 gift certificate for a flotation in Oakland. Somebody's on the phone. I wonder if it's Gail and if she's feeling sweet. We shall see. Stay tuned. Um, Only because you never stay on topic, dear, and make it all about you. You understand? Put her on. Yeah, that's the thing. You never even bother to learn anything about us on our end. It's all about you and getting things off your chest. So it is a little frustrating sometimes. Thank you. Um, we're discussing storytelling today. Yeah, as an art form. And it's, yeah, the show's around the Bay Area. Do you have anything playing? Yeah, the music's playing. Oh, there you go. All right, that was sweet, Gail. Um, sometimes I'm in the mood to chat, sometimes I'm not. But yeah, courtesy and manners. I'm working on that. I'm not very good at them. I used to be when I was young. I was such a nice little Jewish kid. And then the wolf man bit me. <laughs> hey. 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 The wolf man got stolen. It's wolf. It's Wolfowitz, dude. Dude, they're remaking American Werewolf in London. Are you serious? Yeah, with the the director producer's uh, son, um, the guy that did all the special effects. So, um, so it, I, th- I think it's going to be called the Mexican-American Werewolf in London. They already yeah. made one of those. It was like a, a weird sequel. It was the Chupacabra on the loose oh, in Texas. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I never actually saw it. I wanted to. See, now I want to watch it. <laughs> but I remember, the only Chupacabras I remember was on X-Files. They had an X-Files episode of Chupacabras. Do you remember that at all? 
Because I was never really an X-Files fan. Oh. I, I never really watched it. Come on, man. Yeah. You needed to know, man. Come on. Truth's out there. It's or out in there. here. In here. Oh. <laughs> We're here at the workshop. Yeah, we're getting sketchy here at Mutiny Radio. I'm Stolowitz, that's Faco. And uh, talking about storytelling today and uh, what makes it different from stand-up comedy and tips and tricks if you're going to be on a storytelling show. Uh, I, myself, am getting ready for The Moth. It's going to be hosted by Omar Qureshi this month in San Francisco on the 27th, I believe. So it is an open mic format from what I understand. I don't know if there's a cover charge, but I'm ready to pay it. (laughs) And uh, I'm trying to get my stuff together so I'll have a solid story set when I go up. Now, I've listened to The Moth on on podcasts that's how a lot of people know them they pick like the best of their material for that and the moth was instrumental in the whole storytelling scene a lot of people have copied its format so usually there is a theme for the evening at storytelling shows this uh can be suggested by participants but it's usually picked by the host in advance it may have something to do with uh, current events or the time of years for example a love show around valentine's day um, sometimes it's just themes that the the host is exploring. So with Story Slam Oakland, we've had lots of cool d- themes. There's been uh, love, drugs, um, sex, violence, uh, cats and dogs, things like that. So you could go all over the spectrum. And uh, you don't want to pick something too obscure for a theme. Try to pick relatable subjects. <laughs> Okay, good. Oh yeah, right here. Anything else? Uh, A traffic jam when you're already late to no smoking sign on your cigarette break? uh (laughs) Like 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife. It's meeting the man of my dreams and then meeting his beautiful wife. (laughs) Dude, I'm happy, but I'm sad. That one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so I, I did radio. I've been doing radio for a long time. You want to know something funny that happened to me like that? Sure. Um, so someone complained to when I was doing radio at a station that I was playing mainstream. Like I played a mainstream artist. Like let's say I played Mariah Carey. Okay. We're not supposed to play uh, mainstream commercial hits. It's supposed to be the underground sound, you know, okay. like under, independent artists. So you so. weren't indie enough. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, I go and I talk to the program director. I go to his shift and he's in trouble. He's going, hey, look, man, you can't do this. Okay. You know, well, this is an underground sound. You know, <laughs> it's an independent music 24-7, right? And as he's yelling at me, telling me this he's doing his show right and he's playing you know like public enemy (laughs) 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 and uh, it was just funny i didn't even call him out on it i just thought that's this is ironic you know what i'm saying yeah (laughs) i didn't even call it out. this is supposed to be free speech radio i can't play what i want (laughs) (laughs) you know and what's it called um 
yeah and uh it was just funny that that, that happened you know what i'm saying it i didn't is. say anything i didn't get mad at him. i was just like okay this yeah. is cool and this that is, is cool. a good story that was about five minutes right now yeah no way I, that must have been like a minute and a half oh that's short huh <laughs> okay i guess i could stretch it out you know what i'm saying you can't if you were to go into a theme or details you know, the lightning hit the clock tower <laughs> 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 you know we can go like that you know what i'm saying but and that's like a, a story of irony you know what i'm saying and yeah. it was my program director but everything was cool it's not like he stood hey you're you're uh suspended he was he just told me hey don't do this mm-hmm. so it's not like he was too harsh you know okay yeah man that was fun <laughs> yeah it was yeah. so like um when you're selecting a story for the theme i mean you you intuit it you didn't maybe understand what irony was when we first started talking but you got it right away and you were able to relate to it you found something right so um when you lay it out it's kind of like writing an essay for school if you were ever good at that but you don't have to follow a million rules as far as punctuation and grammar and stuff you have a lot more freedom because storytelling is visual as well as auditory so you can use your body to emphasize